You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell. It is an amazing journey. I'm the breakthrough success coach, and I have a wonderful woman with me today. Joining me today is Jill Strickland Brown. She has an amazing story that I I am just going to ask her to share almost start to finish. Uh, I met Jill at a at what was called a curated conversation dinner a few months back and in talking with her I just felt like wow there's so much that I want her to share. Now, um, a lot of her journey comes from her work in the fashion industry. And this is what's fascinating is that there's so many analogies that can be brought from the fashion industry to a whole life, right? So Jill, thank you for joining me. Thank you for your valuable time. And I'm really excited to be on. So thank you for the opportunity. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pleasure. You're gonna you're gonna offer some insights to our audience. Um, you set down a path of creating, basically, very early on, and you knew that there were that there were ways of kind of bringing forth who you are through uh, honoring both shape and drape, right? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's really good. Well. (laughs) I like it. That's a, I might use that. That was really insightful. And I'm like, you're a guy too. And you totally get it. Yeah. I do get it. I do get it. Your book is called Behind the Button. And it goes into that a little bit. Can you talk about your journey recognizing that um, like you didn't you didn't start out owning a fashion store. You didn't start out uh, really enhancing women's looks. You started kind of where a lot of people start, which is, uh, uh, you know, almost at the bottom. Basically, it's like, right. So so talk a little bit about that journey. Let's let's start with. yeah. How did you know? I mean, you went to college where? I did not go to college. Um, in my house, we just financially, it wasn't an option for me. So, you know, I think I had a hustle in my brain. I thought um, maybe I wasn't enough because I didn't have that piece of paper. I didn't have what everyone else had. But what I did have was drive. And I thought I had to hustle a little more because I didn't have that piece of paper. And what I realized is what it gave me was much more of an education because I was curious, just like you're curious, George. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was curious and I just took a chance on so many things. And one thing led to another, led to another and led to another. So you're right. It's a journey and it's still a journey, you know, writing the book and meeting the people and it's so, amazing. So yeah. before we jump to, to the piece writing, right? There's, <laughs> Sorry, we, it's just, it's yeah. one big thread. It's one big thread. Yeah. Well, in the fashion industry, it's all one yes. thread. So yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that 
is that it is a journey and it is one thing that leads to another and to another. And what I want to do is to back up and say, well, okay, it did like the first thing that it led to was what? Before you answer that, I, you know, one of the things I like to do on this podcast is to call out some of the lessons along the way. And already, already just in your first answer, you talked about, you know, I, I prompted you by saying, where'd you go to college? Yeah. As if that's a thing that everybody does. And you said, well, I didn't, which is fabulous. And what you did with that was to say, I felt like I wasn't enough. Yep. And a lot of women feel like that. And that's definitely been the mission of my life is helping women say you are enough and you are beautiful and you're beautiful inside and out. And this is what we say. So that is the mission is, you know, being a kid. So you're saying, you know, start at the beginning, the bit, the beginning was, a you know, being a kid. Um, and I was, and it's always the start, but, um, my family of origin, I definitely did not feel enough. And there were factors in that, that I was in a fundamental religion and if you follow the rules, you're in. If you didn't follow the rules, you were out. So um, early on, I said, okay, I want a different path. And I took that different path. And that's amazing. It is amazing. So from yeah. not enough to saying, oh, darn it, you know what? I am. And you sort of, you made that, that a declaration. Yeah, that took me 50 years to get there. You know, 55. And um, it took me a long journey. But it's been an amazing journey and I'm so grateful. Yes, this is, this is huge. And that is one of the huge lessons is that sometimes you have to tell yourself that and tell yourself that and tell yourself that until you believe it. And it's like, I have the drive. I have the curiosity. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to get me through. And, and darn it, somewhere deep inside, I must be enough. Um, a lot of people use the, well, I'm not enough. That's why I'm driven. And I, I just really want to turn that into a lesson right now for our entire audience, which is you are enough right now. Mm-hmm. And you can let that drive you versus not enough. Oh, well, then what, what makes me enough? You're not filling in anything that's empty. You're already whole. And to really give that gift to our listeners and our, our viewing audience that you're already whole and um, a diploma doesn't make you whole a um, <clears throat> even the love of a parent or the acknowledgement of a parent doesn't make you whole that you're already whole. And so, you know, you broke away from the mold. You were essentially out tribe, like there's this in tribe and, and uh, out tribe, and you chose not to go along to get along, exactly. which is that is so powerful. It's just so powerful. So you began work. I know this about you. You began work when you were fourteen years old. Yeah. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about that, and then how that work? led you to it's it was almost this cascade of events that led you to the fashion industry yeah and and so without saying well and then one thing led to another get as specific (laughs) as you can with well this event happened and this event happened and and that's what opened the door for me for fashion and then i found myself working uh you were you were doing 
I mean, I, I want you to tell your story. So sure. Sounds good. So actually the reason why I worked at 14 is I wanted clothes. <laughs> so this fashion thing goes way back. So, um, my parents didn't feel the importance of clothing or, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So we got a lot of bags of clothing from our congregation. I wanted fashionable clothes. So I said, well, if I want something, I got to work for it. So I worked when I was 14 and I worked all the way up through high school. And then I worked for my brother who had a copier company and we had this big old clunky copier that at the time, which sounds ridiculous now, but it, when you put it in a photographic paper, it made a photograph. So I thought, hmm, how am I going to sell this copier? It's expensive, but it makes this picture. So I went to a local modeling agency and I said, well, she needs a lot of pictures because she's in a modeling agency. And so I went in and I talked to her all about how she would need, you know, kind of put myself in people's shoes. That's that's what I learned early on when I knocked on doors. You had to put yourself in those person's shoes so that you could communicate with them. And then, so I said, okay, she needs pictures and she owns a modeling agency. And she said, I don't want your copier, <laughs> but you fit in here. And I think you would be fantastic. So I, she uh, gave me a sales job and I worked my way up to assistant director. And that is really how I entered the fashion industry. And then I, I like that. Just pause job. for a second. Just pause for a second. <laughs> because here's the thing. It's like yes. I went to sell copy a copier. Yep. Um, trying to understand what the other person needed. That yep. makes you a great salesperson. They said, don't need the copier, but we need you. Yep. You started as a what? Um, just a salesperson. Like okay. um People would, you know, young girls would come in, and this is important too, young girls would come in, and my job was to sell them a program that would help them get work. So my challenge, if I can go on, is that's where the whole body image thing actually started, Yes. where I would have to tell a 15-year-old girl that she needed to lose weight to get to get jobs. And this was an absolutely normal, healthy girl that I knew in the modeling industry, she needed to lose weight. And if she did all this, it didn't matter because only 5% of models actually make it. Mm. Um, and that did not sit well with me. And there was no diversity and uh, it, it did not accept people who had a, a real body shape. Now, 20 years later, 30 years later, that's all in vogue, but it wasn't at that time. And that's why I left the industry. I said, it, it didn't speak to my soul because we're, you know, we are all God's children and, you know, you got to love your body and who you are. So that started pretty young. And that I think started the journey of where I am today. I think that's huge because yeah. a lot of people would have been sucked into the industry and, and they would have said, this is like, this is what I've been after. This is high fashion. This is, yeah. this is what's going to make me a lot of money. I might even get my big break. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you were working your way from sales up to an executive level position. And all the while you were, you were fighting against an inner value. Yep. And you finally, you were like, and that's been, you know, that's been a repetitive theme for you Absolutely. in your life where it's like, hey, 
I don't agree with the way I was raised. I don't agree with the company that I've ended up like working my way through. And I've got to do something different. And I mean, at that time that you were doing this, yeah, the, um, the models were, I mean, uh, unrealistic, unrealistic, yeah, unrealistically unhealthy, yeah, Mm -hmm. unrealistic Mm -hmm. body shapes. Um, and now, I mean, is that what led you then to say, well, I'm going to start my own? Um, well, I, I took another journey and I was actually, I was bartending at the time and I was kind of, I was making good money at night. Um, but I, uh, was bored during the day. So I went to a boutique, which I, you know, still always love fashion. And I said, I'm, I want to work here. And so I started talking to the owner and she said, well, I don't need anyone in the boutique, but my sons own a manufacturing company in Plumstonville and they need someone to answer the phone. And I was like, I can answer the phone like nobody's business. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew they needed someone to answer the phone. And I will say that was a really fundamental foundation job where I learned everything, the dye bath, cutting, cost, sewing. Um, and then it led me to a sales position. Always did. <laughs> Always been a good salesman, you know. So, but not selling anyone anything, but just putting myself in that person's shoes and fulfilling a need. I don't sell, you don't sell anyone anything. You just fix a problem. Yeah. Solving somebody's problem is, is the best when you're, when you're, I mean, because then the solution sells itself. Correct. So it takes being a great listener. It takes being, uh, it takes really understanding and choosing to understand. Um, In the manufacturing company that you, that you ended up answering the phone for and learning the business, you talked about the dye bath. Oh, the dye bath, the dye bath. It's so, yeah. So please just, um, (laughs) you have a very, you have an uh, affinity for the love hate almost of the dye bath because Mm. the dye bath, the, the dye bath change, (laughs) excuse me, changes the fabric. You got it. So it's all about transformation. Um, And I think that's a theme, you know, of transformation. So what happens is when you put fabric in scalding hot water of the dye bath, it changes the fibers and it not only changes the color, but it changes the structure of the fibers as well. And you have to start with stronger fabric so it can endure that dye bath. And I equate that to life. You know, women, we go in and we have all our struggles and we have, you know, we live life. But then when you come out, you emerge more beautiful, like the fabric, with lines and stretch marks of a life well lived. So, yes, there are so many parallels. And I guess my filter in life has always been fashion. So uh, that's how I equate life through the filter of fashion, for sure. Amazing. So, yeah, changing the fibers to make them stronger is huge. Plus, you add yep. a little color, which yes. is also huge. Yeah. Um, this is great. The, <laughs> the path you took from there, how did you know you wanted to start your own 
you you have a you have a your own boutique in Pennsylvania. Is that right? Yep. Well, it's, it's called it's called Frocks. <laughs> R O X Frocks. Yes. So before I got to the boutique, um, when I worked for the manufacturer that taught me all about the dye bath. Um, what happened is I was sitting at my desk answering the phone and my bosses were in New York at a trade show and the sweaters that they needed to sell uh, weren't ready for the trade show. So they said, hey, can you come to New York and bring up those samples? And I'm like, okay, I've never been to New York, but I can figure this out. So I went to the dye house. I picked up the sweaters. I threw them in a hockey bag. I got on a bus. And I got to New York and I figured out they were at the Javits Center and I went to the Javits Center and they're like, well, you're here. So you're an extra set of hands. So there's a girl selling sweaters. So stand behind her. And when she shows the customer the sweaters and throws them on the floor, your job is to pick them up and put them back on the shelf. I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I listened to her presentation. I was like, I can do this. I've been doing this my whole life. And so I started selling and my boss was like, wow, you're really good at this. You're really good at sales. And it seems to be a theme. And he said, you know, we have the Mid-Atlantic Territory open. So I started traveling Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, D.C., Maryland. Hmm. And I became a multi-million dollar rep. And so that was great. And I did that for a long time. And then um, 9-11 happened. Hmm. And I really had no desire. I had, two, I had two small children and I just did not want to be in New York anymore. So I opened my own boutique and I said, if something happens to the world, um, and it's funny, 9-11 doesn't compare now to COVID, but I said, if something happens to the world, I can you know, shut the door and be with my children. I said, I want to open a store a block from my house. And I opened a store a block from my house. Mm. So, yeah, and then, you know, in my boutique, the transformation continued. You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. How do you move from being an influencer to an outfluencer? How do you live a life of more significance? Go to waynepurnell.com slash free for your complimentary copy of Dr. Purnell's number one best-selling book, The Significance Factor. Yes, you can get your free copy of The Significance Factor at www.waynepurnell.com free. waynepurnell.com free. And now, Back to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. Do you want to talk about your book a little bit? Sure. Um, the book is really a memoir. So we started out, you know, we tell stories. What we do in the fitting room is, yes, of course, we fit them and drape and teaching them about their body shape. But then when they become vulnerable or they trust me because they are vulnerable, we start sharing stories. We share stories about, you know, our struggles. We share stories of things that connect. So for me, it's not just about fashion. It's, I always feel the clothing is a connector. So when they started to share those stories, 
I said, you know, my byline to the book is called The Stories That Thread Us Together. So, of course, I have to tell my story first. And then this is a series of books. So book number two, and we've that will be the podcast, and that will be book two, is telling the story of all the other women that I've encountered in my journey. And I'm sorry, that leaves you out, Dr. P, for a little bit. <laughs> Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll do men next time. And then the third book I already have in my head is I want to, because through the years, I've mentored a lot of young girls that come in and say, my whole life, I wanted to work here because my business is 20 years old. I'm like, oh my God, that makes me so old that my business is old as a person. But anyway, I want to, I want to help young women teach them at 20, what I learned at 50. So book three is going to be all the young, empowered women, uh, girls that I've met as well. And actually, mm-hmm. at my first book signing, I met a girl that's 15 and owns her own business, uh, friendship bracelets, um, that she sells for causes because there was a shooting in our, in our high school. So she raised $100,000 for, um, for the, the victims of the gun shooting. And now she, everyone, uh, people in her town, all over, actually all over, uh, bring their calls to her and she makes special bracelets for them and helps them raise money. And she's actually also spoken in front of the UN. So she's going to be one of my guests on the podcast for sure. Fantastic. Good for you. What's the the name of your podcast? What's it called? It's called Behind the Button. <laughs> what, what happens like behind the name the button? of your book? Just like <laughs> yes. that. Uh, yeah, because my logo in the store is a button. So it's not fashion. It is what happens behind the button in our store, not just fashion. And also the history of a button is it's a connector. Because before the button was invented, we draped clothes but with the with the button, it was the first time we could tailor clothes. So uh, the button, it's also what happens behind the button, but it's also a connector. That's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> um, the button is a connector. And yes. uh, sometimes it, you know, you have to inhale hard just to make that button work. But um, <laughs> you know. right. <laughs> <laughs> and we work on that, too. But you know what? Accept your body the way it is. Yeah, get a bigger size and it doesn't matter because no one sees the tag. That's so good, right? You <laughs> you know, one of the one of the yeah, lessons fits, that yeah. I that I hope people get is is that uh, you know you you dress the body you're in. I say that all the time. Yes. And that's why you and I connected. Because when I started listening to your message, very similar to my message. And I think that's why you and I connected as well. Indeed. Indeed. You know, it's about who are you and who do you choose to be and not punishing yourself for who someone else, who someone else says you're supposed to be. And I think that's really huge that, you know, as you listen to this, as you watch this, that as, uh, you know, as one of our audience members that you're thinking about what is your life and you can be both happy and dissatisfied at the same time, right? If you, if you look at your life, you're listening to this, that means it's going okay. You're listening on something, right? So there are good things in, in your life. And you can also say, and I want more. I want it to be slightly different. Well, I do two things. Um, so I want to say yes. And I don't want to yeah. say, but, cause I learned that from you. Um, <laughs> I, when things aren't going well, 
I look at the little things. I say, aren't you lucky? Aren't you lucky? So if I'm in traffic and I'm frustrated, I say, aren't you lucky you have a car? Aren't you lucky you have gas? Aren't you lucky? Um, When I'm in my house, I'm frustrated. I'm like, aren't you lucky you have running water and you don't have to put a pot on your head and go 10 miles to go get that water. Aren't you lucky you have your own business? Aren't you lucky you get to live in your passion? Um, And every day and even at nighttime, I write in a grateful journal. And it's really good. If you write in your grateful journal throughout the day, you look at what you're grateful for because you know you have to write in that journal every night. And then I look back. I like looking back and go, seeing how far I've come. Um, Again, because I that journey I didn't really think about what I was doing. And now I read the book and I'm like, huh, I guess I did accomplish a lot, but I never, I just kept on going, you know, and I'm so grateful for everything I have. It's so important to have a gratitude journal. It's so important to, to really acknowledge that. Aren't you fortunate? Aren't you lucky? Aren't you in a really great place? Mm -hmm. Um, I did a, I did a blog post about the, the small stuff, like an aglet, right? The, the little plastic piece at the end of a shoelace that holds your shoelace, from, keeps it from being frayed. And if you can someone say- Someone invented that, yeah. Right? <laughs> and if someone invented that. And if you can say, wow, I'm really grateful for an aglet, um, then the big stuff is really profound in your life. And so, yeah, aren't you lucky that you have a car to be stuck in traffic, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. really good. Um, Awesome. I love the idea of honoring a shape, choosing to drape in a way that that uh, is flattering to the shape, and then choosing to tailor based on that as well. Behind the button is a vulnerable place, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. And, um, and I think this is important because I think even men have body issues. Uh, body issues to to deal with. Um, there's a big supposed to out there about about shape and about you know, well you don't want the dad bod or you need the six pack or you need the. It's like your shape is your shape, and you can again you dress you dress the body you're in while you're working on or while you're choosing to either work on or not work on getting a different body. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to. I, I say the same thing you say, dress the body you are today. And if that makes, and you're not comfortable in your body, that's fine. If you're doing it for health or your comfort, but not because of this idea of what you should be. And actually, it's really funny that you mentioned men. More men have come to me and said, why can't I be in your book? And I do work with women, but it applies to men as well. And I do equate even in the dye bath is, you know, you're working on yourself and, you know, trying to be grateful and realize all your struggles. But what's really cool is when you're vulnerable, when you share your stories, you realize that your friends and your family are right next to you in the dye bath as well. So. It's so true. It is so true. Um, Let me ask you this. Uh, What, what else? Like there, there are things in your life. What else would you hope I would have asked you by now for this podcast? Oh, tricky question. Tricky question. I, th- I thought you were pretty thorough. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow, you, you stumped me. Yeah, you're worse than Oprah. Let me, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know if I've ever been I'm compared going. to Oprah before. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Oh, okay. Is yeah, it? so, uh, the, and that is good. Usually, that is, that's absolutely right. Usually, yeah. it's, uh, you know, what got you here. Yeah. And, and that is, that's a great, that's a great place to go. So what are you working on? I know that you've got a couple more books in the works. I know that you're, you have seven in mind. So that's (laughs) fabulous. My publisher's like, you got a lot in you. You got seven books in you. Um, It was really cool. I was at a place where I was speaking and they were these uh, directors of Mary Kay. And it was a huge room of these really empowered people because Mary Kay you know, really made this opportunity for women. That's why she started the whole company. And they asked me to pick a picture that spoke to me. And the picture that spoke to me was really interesting. It was someone on a motorcycle and they're going down a path and you really couldn't see where the path goes. And then the rear rear view mirrors were very small and they were blurred. So for me, that equated to where I am now. So I don't know. I've been in fashion my whole life. So being an author and possibly speaking and possibly working on a TED Talk, I don't know. This is a whole new world for me. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to get on that motorcycle and I'm going to go down that path and we'll see where it takes me. Curiosity and drive. (laughs) I know something's there. (laughs) I'm going to find it. That's awesome. Or I'm going to create it. Really great. Really great. Um, uh, fantastic. Are there any lessons that you think we should highlight? Any further lessons that we haven't talked about? Uh, you know, really, it's about transformation, which is, um, yes, body shape, but also the power of fashion, I think, is really important where you make a woman feel great. So she can go out and impact the world. She has the confidence where she can fake it till she becomes it. And I don't like fake it till you make it. Fake it till you become it. So become that person you want to be. And the clothing is the start. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Awesome. Here's a question. Right. I'm holding up the book. It's called Behind the Button. It is Jill Strickland Brown. I will have a link in the show notes. If people want to reach you, how could they reach you? Okay. Um, JillStricklandBrown.com. And the website is in the works. So, you know, give me a little grace, ladies, but um, it's good. We're working on it. But uh, JillStricklandBrown.com. And it does have a link to Frock. So if you want to shop or you want to have my image transformation coaching, um, we can do that virtually as well. So, yeah. That's perfect, right? Yeah. That's, it's like, that's, that's the whole thing. Frocks is F-R-O-X. Uh, and you can shop virtually. And if you want coaching from Jill on body image and self-confidence, you're going to find her. <laughs> yeah, you're going to find her at Jill Strickland Brown. Um, this is a beautiful kind of wrap. I love this. You know, we covered so much in, in a relatively short time. And I just, I so appreciate you and the journey you've been on and, and the inspiration 
you know, that there's so much more to you. You you've got so many more stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, you know, I wish you all the best on this journey. It's a, it's an incredible thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank and, um, you. For, yeah. Oh, thank go you. Ahead. And I just want to thank you as well, because I know you've New York times bestseller and you've really, um, very accomplished, but yet you reached out to me and allowed me this opportunity. And so I look forward to seeing where our paths cross again. Oh, they'll definitely cross again. (laughs) Definitely cross again. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Okay. This is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. My guest, Jill Strickland Brown. I am Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, your breakthrough success coach. We'll see you here next time. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most without Fluxer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com.